every one of us have gone through some, if you're a follower of Christ, something in your life has happened to you to cause you to rely on someone greater than yourself. Does that, does that make sense? Like every one of us have experienced something that have caused us to have to look up. And to some extent, uh, some of us had really, really deep and hard stories. Others, it may have been a joyful thing or something supernatural like a childbirth or something, though, will have to take your attention off of yourself into something greater. With that being said, you take a picture of what's going on right now in the world. I'm not talking about in Alexandria or in Minnesota or in the United States. I'm talking across the world. There is so much going on right now where there is a significant opportunity that the Lord has given us to help point people to a person greater than themselves or greater than their doctor or greater than their job or greater than their physical health that there is someone who has rule and reign and authority and he wants everyone to know his name is Jesus. Now, like, we will never have another opportunity like this. And so if, if each and every one of us in the room, I'm going to make some assumptions, and we'll make up for the assumptions a little later if necessary, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to speak to followers of Christ. Followers of Christ have understood that there's a power greater than themselves. His name is Jesus. They understand the magnitude of the sacrifice of what he did for you on the cross. He's given you a new life. He's given you power, direction, uh, authority, peace, joy, love, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. He's done it all for you on the face of the cross. Amen? And we, each and every one of us, get to inherit that because of what he did for us, and it's a free gift. Just a free gift. But with the free gift, what do you do with it? Okay, is this a, is this a gift where you just uh, stay in your warm, fuzzy spot? God says that we're to go out and make disciples of all nations. Disciples is not make converts. Disciples is to take those who know Christ and help them to know how to walk out a life in righteousness. What it means to be a follower of Christ, to model Christ, to imitate Christ in relationships, in circumstances. Now more than ever, people are looking for hope. And we have the answer right in the very center of our being. If not now, when? I, I can tell you this is not from that old Doobie Brothers, or uh, 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 what were those brothers, some crazy brothers that says, I'm on a mission from God. Blues Brothers. We're on a mission from God. Are you with me, church? This is not, this is not self-seeking stuff at this point. This is other-centered, missional in focus. So right now, more than ever in my generation... God is calling the church to be missional, to have purpose. You specifically have a purpose. You have in your own environments an opportunity to be a minister of the gospel, a minister of hope, a minister of strength, a minister of love. Because of what he's done for you on the cross, he's given you both rule, reign, and authority to do that in this world. What are we doing? Okay? Uh, rhetorical question. How do we do it? That's discipleship, right? 
being able to know how to operate right now with the world in the place that it's at, there's all kinds of ways that people want to respond, right? Everybody has a belief system right now that they're going off. If you can read Facebook or any social media thing, and the opinions are numerous. They're all over the map, and they're from somebody's belief system, right? And then you hear somebody, and they uh, are followers of Christ, bantering with them over this topic, and I'm telling you, you're never going to change a belief system in a person by debate. You're never going to win that. Because that belief system is literally what you're functioning and wrestling with. It's God that does the changing. And we're going to find out how we can uh, engage into those that are around us that are looking for hope or help or truth or strength or finances or peace. Do you know anyone like that? Right now, it is such low-lying fruit, it's crazy. It says the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Man, there's so much low-lying fruit. Everywhere you go, people are in desperate need of what you've got. But we've got to be careful in utilizing what we have in a way that's honoring to God and it's loving people. Amen? Let's start out. It says, 1 Peter 5, 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Not your power. Not your strength. Not your belief system or right fighting or whatever it is that you feel like you have to make everyone else believe, but you be humble before God and operate in His mighty power. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. I want to say this. We are all called missionally. We're on a mission from God, and you don't get honor for the battle when you're in the battle. All of the decoration that you receive from battle, you receive after it's over. Are you with me? There's a ceremony that takes place, and, and they stamp those pins or badges or medals on you. God says that you humble yourself before him, operate in his mighty power, and he will raise you up and honor you. Amen? But he's going to, we're in it for action. I'm just right now, if any of you were reservists, in your Christian walk, you're called to active duty. You're all called to active duty. We just called you up, and, and you know what? When you signed your name on the line and you said, I sacrificed my life unto the king, well, he's calling you. Each and every one of us have been called to action, and we're on a mission from God. Isn't that exciting? How many know that a mission, if you're on a mission from God, you're going to win? Amen? Praise the Lord. So, give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. If you're going to go into battle, you don't want to be carrying a lot of concerns and worries with you. Amen? So He says, whatever you got concerns about right now, if you're concerned about kids or relationships or house or finances and all that, give it all to God, because you don't need to be worrying about that. You're going to be worrying about being able to be a loving on your neighbor at this point. He's got your back. Amen? He's got your back. Stay alert. We can't be snoozing to be watchful. 
My first general order in the Marine Corps is I will walk this post in a military manner, keeping always on alert and observing everything that takes place within sight or hearing. First general order. You can't get it out of my head. Amen? You can't get it out of there. It was just ingrained in me. So as a result of that, I understand this. Stay alert. Man, I, I, I want to have the discernment of the Lord to recognize in this battle that we're in right now, we're going to have differences of opinion all of the time. And some of them are going to sound really good. Some of them are, we may want to even commiserate with. We might, we, we might get sucked into it. Amen? I want us to be watchful. Because the enemy right now, he is a, he's on a plan to kill, steal, and destroy the world. He's on that. That's his mission. But we can take heart. God has overcome the world through Christ. Amen. So this mission that we're on, we need to be watchful because if he calls him the deceiver, amen, he's a deceiver because if you knew it was him, you would resist him. It would be easy. But he's a deceiver and he shouts, amen. He roars. He goes around like, uh, watch out for your great enemy. Your enemy is not covid it's just not. Your enemy is not your finances. Your, your enemy is not your future and your concerns over this and that. Your enemy is, he's got a name, and his name is the devil. So we're on a mission from God to destroy the enemy. Amen? That's really good stuff right there. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff. Knowing that he's already been defeated by the work of Christ on the cross, we can be like David when he took his flat stones and sling and ran at Goliath because he knew overwhelming victory was his. Amen? So we can walk into this with boldness. Amen? Knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, we can walk right into this with the confidence and knowing that the love of Christ will conquer this. He prowls around like a roaring lion. You, you hear some roaring going on? <laughs> Turn on the TV. There's roaring. Turn on your Facebook. There's roaring. Go to the store. If you walk by somebody at the store and they're talking six feet apart, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're roaring. And you can hear it. It's like, oh yeah, and how are you doing this? Now you do, and 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 I mean no disrespect. They're coming from their belief system where they're at, and I respect wherever they're at, and I want to love them in whatever place that they're at. My my part isn't to go through and say, man, that's right or wrong. It's not up to me to watch their bobber. That's good, huh? That was that wasn't in here, but it's part of Minnesota, I guess. He's looking for someone to devour. In the New King James, it says, someone he may devour. I don't want to be one of the mays. Amen? I don't want to be one of the may. I want to stand up and say, I'm going to do as it says right next. It says, stand firm against him. Are fears or worries or sadness or anxiety roaring at you? Are they trying to make you, is he trying to make you one who may be overtaken? Stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in him. Stand firm in the finished work of the cross. 
Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Taking the thoughts captive, turning them obedience to Christ. Amen? Praise be to God. It says, in his kindness, oh, oh, I'm sorry, remember that your family, this is us, followers of Christ, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. We're family. We're like, we're on the same, same team, same family, same battle. Right on? We're going through it together. And each of us have a part, amen? And in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of, means of Christ Jesus, so that after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and you'll place you on a firm foundation. It says in ESV that he will establish you. After a little while, you know what? We're going to come through this. We're going to be on the other side of this. I don't want during all that's going on right now that I keep my eyes focused on the mission that God has for my life. Amen? Gary, you're walking around these streets in this town. You're staying focused on your mission. Amen? You're not focusing on the enemy. You're focusing on Christ. And Christ alone is going to direct him to which doors to go to, how to go to him, what to say to him, all done by the power of the Lord. And Corona isn't the enemy, is it? Sickness and disease isn't the enemy, is it? Mm. So we stand firm in our faith, remembering what Christ did for us on the cross, amen, and be restored. So in Matthew 28, 18, here Jesus told his disciples, I have, given all, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. So who's in charge? Jesus. Amen. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Like he's never going to leave you. He's in the center of your being. He's deposited in you his very Holy Spirit as a guarantee, sealed, that he will be walking through you and with you and whatever you're enduring on that mission so that you know even if you are alone in it, you're not alone. Think about this. What does God have you on a mission in right now? I'm thinking about uh, uh, nursing homes. Man, if you are a worker within a nursing home right now. Man, the roar is all around you. Are you following me? I mean, it's all around you. The roar is there. People wanting to see their loved ones and can't. People fearful of their lives. Fearful that you might contract or give and all of the things that are roaring around you. You're behind enemy lines. You are in there in a covert mission to be able to share the love of Christ, the reason of hope and restoration and healing in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You're purposed there. Stand firm in your faith. The roars around you are not what you're going to respond to. The roars around you are designed to kill, steal, and destroy your mission. But if your mission is to be loving on these people who are in fear, it's time that they understood the greater than. 
Amen? It's time that they get to understand the reason for the hope that you have, that there's light in you. And when you share with them the reason for the hope that you have and help them to know that God will protect them, the disease and sickness were cut off on the cross and they'd be regarded by the King of Kings and Lord of North. And guess what? To even have fearless death. What would you be afraid of? If you help people to understand what's after this life, man, it might be a race to get there. As opposed to fear of what's going to happen next. How you respond in that situation, that's, that's your mission. Yours. You'll only know that from him. And God wants you to be active duty again in whatever he's called you to. I'm just thinking of Elijah. He doesn't have a uh, baseball this spring. And baseball has been something he looks forward to. It's his favorite sport. And, and summer baseball and spring baseball, it's like he, he lives for that, right? I mean, he, he does. He loves it, and he's really good at it, and he's fun to go watch. I mean, it's a family thing. That was plucked out. His teammates are still his teammates, even if they're not playing baseball. Amen? And how he's responding to it, it's his mission. Are you with me? It's his mission. How he responds, how he ministers to, how he talks to his teammates. It's not about, oh, doesn't this stink, and we ain't going to be able to this, and ain't going to be able to this. It's like he's looking for reasons for hope, and he's trying to share hope because there's a greater than baseball. That's silly, but it's true. For some people, that baseball is their God. Just got plucked out. What an opportunity for him to be able to witness to people whose life was baseball and all of a sudden it's not there anymore. Hey, how come you still have a smile on your face? How come you still feel a joy in your heart and we don't have baseball? Because there's just something much greater than baseball. He lives right in the center of my being and his name is Jesus. What a witnessing time. We're never going to have another chance like this everywhere you look, church. 2 Corinthians 5. So how do we do it again? How do we do it? Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. If it seems we're crazy, it's to bring God glory. There are many people that have told me that we, uh, we, just as an aside, we've not advertised whatsoever that we're gathering here. We've just had our doors open. If people come, uh, the mandate said that church leaders could be where their services are needed. So if you walk through those doors and if you're looking for worship and you're looking for a word from God and you're looking for fellowship, the doors are open. If that's what you need, I'm going to be here. Amen. And it doesn't mean, yeah, yeah, thank you. But that doesn't mean that the churches that are doing what they're doing are wrong for doing what they're doing. Because they're doing it with their, their own mission. Maybe they're ministering to a people that's afraid of, of Corona in a real heightened environment. But they're doing what they know to do. They're, they're hearing from the Lord as to how they should respond. Or at least I hope they are. For those who are, that this has been my call, my mission. It hasn't been, I, I, it's not anybody else's. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to watch my own bobber here. Amen? And by being here has had tremendous blessings 
for us as a body. I could, I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that have taken place by our being here. And that's not to say that those are, who are only doing it online aren't finding out about or experiencing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle on those that are receiving it that way. Because how many of you know that it's the Word of God that does the transformation? It isn't the place or the person. It's the Word of God. But in the same token, our lives. What is God? God called you to come here today. I didn't. God did. So he has a purpose in here, and I believe that he wants you to encourage that you're on this mission. Stay the course. Stay the course. You will be fruitful. It may feel like it's almost like, oh, I don't know if I can go another day, and that's why we're here today. When I was in the Marine Corps, they would have mission times where before you did anything, you'd get together and huddle up and talk about what it was you were going to do. You're going to go here, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, and then we're going to meet here, and then we're going to take this here, and then we're going to do this here. And then everybody understand, and then we go out and do it. Then we get back together again. You guys are here this morning. Karen, you need to do this. Amen? You need to do this. You need to do this. Amen? You, and who's saying it? The Spirit of the Lord. He, he wants you to hear it. What's your mission? He's telling you. I want to encourage you that he's telling you that you're doing a good thing. Keep it up. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. The noise is going to keep coming. It's going to want to take you out. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. You get through this. It's a little bit of suffering for a little while. But after that, when we're on the other side of this, praise God, we're going to be shouting from the rooftop, look at what God has done. Is how to get a praise offering out of the, for the Lord from somebody. So if it seems we're crazy, it's to bring God glory. There's people that think we're crazy that we're meeting right now. But I want to bring God glory, and I'm not telling, telling them that we're right fighters. We're just following God's will. <laughs> and if we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. <laughs> I love it. Either way. This is what we have to recognize, church. Either way, Christ's love controls us. It's his love. Everything that we do, we do in love. How we fight this battle is fighting it in love. It's got a different set of arsenal. Love and joy and peace and coming under and affirming and acknowledging. It's not like we, if we see somebody who's in sin, we don't condemn them. We don't curse them and cut them out. We come under and say, hey, do you need a reason for the hope that I have? I want to point you to somebody that can help you in this situation. Not shut the door on them because they have a different belief system than we do. Their belief system needs to see someone greater than themselves. And it's a good time for that. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. That's our mission. Isn't that exciting? These are exciting times. Praise God. Here, this is good. Six, verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. That's kind of like keeping your eye on your own barber. 
At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, has become that new person because of the greater than. Amen? Because of the greater than, he became in us a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun today. And all of this is a gift from God. (laughs) What did you have to do to receive it? Believe it. Ask. Receive. Wow. Now, what do we do with it? Amen? We're on a mission from God. And God has given us this task. Okay? What do we do with it? He's given us this task. Task of reconciling people to him. You guys know that you all have the ministry of reconciliation on your life? You actually have the title of minister. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. We all have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Giving people the reason for the hope that we have. God has given us this task For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So you're the carrier of the message. And then it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. What are ambassadors? Representatives. Representatives in a foreign country. Of the country that you're from. Amen? So an ambassador to Egypt from the United States represents the United States of America in Egypt. We are adopted. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. We have rights. We have a king. His name is Jesus. We have a functioning kingdom. A kingdom that is grounded in love, grounded in truth, grounded in the amazing sacrifice and reconciliation of Christ on the cross. We're all seen as pure and spotless without blemish in Christ's sight. Amen? We're king's kids. He calls us masterpiece. Charlie, you're the apple of his eye, man. He's got a picture of you on his fridge. (laughs) Amen? And we're living in the United States of America. You're an ambassador here. We're strangers and aliens and sojourners in this world. This is not our home. Our home is with him. But he's got us as ambassadors in this place. And it's a hostile environment. The enemy is all around roaring. But the truth of God, the peace of God, the love of God. But remember, our weapons are not of flesh, but are of spirit. Mighty. To destroy strongholds. Amen. By the love of Christ. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Mission from God. For we speak 
for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's reconciliation, isn't it? If you have some friends or family members that are, that are living far from God, started believing lies or change of belief system or listening to empty philosophies or have gotten off the course and the Lord says he's got you on a mission controlled by love to be able to go into that person's life and be an ambassador unto Christ and say, come back to God. You're loved. Your life has purpose. There's a destiny on your life. It's in Christ. Come back to God. That's a pleading of God, and he's using you. You see your mission? We can't take our mission and be in a cocoon. We can't take our salvation and just say, I'm going to live happily ever after in my little bubble. He came to seek and save the lost, amen? He came for the sick, not for the well. He's given those who are well the ministry of reconciliation. <laughs> Amen? He said, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Romans 14.1 Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. <laughs> We, I don't know how many denominations there are, but over 2,000. And why is that? Because somebody believes something the other one doesn't believe. And they make a denomination out of it. It's like, which one has a corner on the truth? And I say it's the Word of God every time. And it's unfortunate that man gets in the way of interpretation of that. But we can agree on one thing. All churches, the body, one body, one spirit, one God, one Lord, one baptism, the cross. If you know what happened on the cross, the magnitude of what happened on the cross, what he did for us on the cross, you don't need a denomination around that. The truth of God's words, it's a theology, it's a, a theo of God, a study of God. But the cross is everything, isn't it? Everything in the Old Testament points to what? Everything in the New Testament points back to what? And so it makes it pretty easy for us. So when we go out and our ministers of reconciliation, all we have to understand is the cross. Share the cross. Christ crucified, Christ reconciled, Christ restored, Christ risen. Sins forgiven. Do you think people need that message right now? That there's a greater than? Don't argue with somebody. Somebody's going to come up to you and have another belief system and, and you can be a right fighter and want to make yourself look right, but you're going to lose your witness if it's not done in love. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer is sensitive and conscious to eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. Another look at your own barber. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Amen? Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge what they stand, whether they stand or fall. 
And with the Lord's help, they will stand to receive his approval. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Instead, decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. That's a check yourself, isn't it? For the kingdom of God, where we live, where we live and move and breathe, is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of light, the life of good, living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is that your life today? Come on. This is a litmus test. The magnitude of the cross, is it alive in your life to the point where you are able to walk in this, having this goodness and peace and joy? It's in me. He's in me. Life and joy and peace is in the center. And everything else that's trying to take away, steal that peace, is coming from this way. If there's something that is causing a lack of peace or joy or goodness in my life, I'm believing a lie or listening to the evil one. There's something penetrating, and that belief system is warring against what I believe to be true, but it's so much louder than I love you. And that phone call, if that's God, we'll take it. <laughs> Amen? Hmm. If you serve Christ with this attitude, living a life of goodness and peace and joy, not judging other people based on what they do or don't do, just keeping your eye on your mission and what Christ is asking you to do, it says that you will please God and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Man, we need each other right now. We need each other massively right now. That's why I'm glad that we're together here this morning so we can encourage one another and build each other up because we're going to go back out there and it's going to get noisy all over again, amen? So we need this time together to be encouraged. But we don't need to split hairs about whether or not we should this or this or this or this. Just do what God is asking you to do in the mission that he has you on. And he, not only is he going to be pleased with you, but others will receive you because nobody ever turns down somebody for loving them. Because love conquers. Amen. It's better not to eat or drink wine or anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they decided is right. But you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something. You are sinning if you go ahead and do it. It's not just eating food here. You get the principle? If you, if, you, if you have something that the Lord has shared with you in the center of your being that you're doing, should not be doing, it's sinning. Joy and peace are stolen. If you're doing that thing that your conscience is telling you not to, your joy and peace and goodness get stolen. Are you with me? And to maintain the goodness and peace 
And it's always there for you, but it's in our own conscience if we begin to listen to the roar or fall into that temptation, whatever that is, we begin to lose that and the evil one grabs a hold and says, okay, there's, there's someone where I may devour. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. If you're doing anything that you know is wrong and you're sinning, I don't want you to be conscientious of your sin. I want the conviction of your sin to cause you to have a conviction of your righteousness. We don't need condemnation. We need to understand who, how Christ sees us. And when you see yourself the way Christ sees you, you don't want to do that thing. When I see how Christ sees me, everything I want to do is to please him. And if I start to do things that I know are not pleasing to him, it gives me conviction. So I want to be convicted of my righteousness. I'm proud of you, son. I see things in you you don't see in yourself. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans of hope and a future. Amen? That's, that's how he sees us. Rather than, oh, woe is me. I can't last a day without sin. And I can't this. Or, Man, that, the devil got me again. And all that. that go, you just live in the conviction of your sin. I want you to live. The Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin and of righteousness. Well, it can't convict the world of righteousness but it can convict you. What is righteousness? It's right standing with God. How do we have right standing with God? Oh, I hope you're grasping this. It's so good. So, 2 Corinthians 6, 3, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault in our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we're true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. How are you guys doing? Are you patiently enduring? Are you loving on the Lord? Are you loving on your neighbor? Are you in your mission? Are you on the sidelines? I'm going to jump to verse 6 there. It says, We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. They will know you are Christians by, by our love. Hmm. We use the weapons of righteousness. We pr faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. You see what you're tasked with? What weapons you have is God's power. Amen? It's working in us. We use weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Whether they slander us or praise us, we are honest, but they call us imposters. We're ignored, even though we are well-known. We're close to death, but we're still alive. We have been beaten, but we've not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we, have spiritual rich we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. Man, I'm so grateful to be in the army of the Lord. Don't team up with unbelievers. 
How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? That's harsh right there. If you're not for me, you're... Hmm. How can a believer partner with an unbeliever? What does partnership look like? Having the same mission. If, they're, if, if the person that you're kind of uh, locking arms with isn't called to the same mission as you, they're not your partner. It's true. We have a mission, and God has shared with us gently what that looks like. But he's telling us here, come out from under. It says, uh, and what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them. You see that? God says, I will live in them. He will live in me and walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty, Lord Almighty. There has to be something different about us. I had opportunity after first service. Senator Bill Ingebrigtsen was in service this morning. And he came up to me afterwards asking for prayer. Because he goes back tonight. Back to the Capitol. And there's going to be roaring. Protesters, persecution. His own party. He asked me that I would pray that he would have the words from God. That he has God's word. That he's on God's mission. Even if he has to stand alone as, as uh, John did the Baptist. Even if he has to stand alone. I pray that he's, he's on a mission from God. He's not on a mission for Republican. He's not on a mission for our district. He's on a mission from God and he understands that. Praise be to God. We need to pray for our our people in government that are serving God, that they don't become partners with unbelievers, that they continue to stand on the truth, even when they're persecuted for it, even when they're told this or that or the other, that the joy of the Lord that would be their strength and they will continue with the resolve that God has them on that mission and I'm grateful that they're there on our behalf. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Bill would be the first one to say it's not about him. It is not about him. But I thank God that he's a voice in the wilderness. Therefore, come out from unbelievers and separate yourselves, right? So Ephesians 4, verse 1, therefore. Put your name in there. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. 
Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, capital S. Having the mind of Christ, walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Do everything you can to keep yourself united there. Because that's where the voice of truth and the mind of Christ will give you wisdom in all circumstances is from your very spirit. And he's going to teach you spiritual things about the earthly things that are going on. That's going to give you power. He might give you a word into somebody's life that they, you would have no way of knowing it. But, they, but through the hearing from the Lord and discerning something that's going on in their life and saying, I sense you're struggling in this. That the Lord would be that laser focused on your mission. That he would get, if I'm listening, staying in the spirit, amen. That he'd give you a word of knowledge. Say, oh, I sense you. I sense you're going through something. Can I pray with you? Can I love on you in this area? Can I do this for you in this area? I just sense this. Man, that's powerful, amen. And then you get to point them to the reason for the hope that you have, the person that gave you that knowledge and that wisdom, amen. As a prisoner, a servant of God, that's what he's calling us to do. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Yeah, I hope you're encouraged. Hope you're encouraged that we're purposed and destined, but we have a mission. And the, there's fruit all around ready to be harvested. And God wants to use you mightily in whatever environment you're in. Show me the one God. Just show me the one God. Show me the one. Show me the one. Just show me the one, Lord. And then the next one, Lord. And then the next one. That we would make disciples of all nations, helping them to understand the reason for the hope that we have. 